and praise the Lord. It's another wonderful opportunity that God has given us to share in our daily inspiration. As we lap up the topic we have been having on giving, giving a giving God. Over the last four weeks, we have been looking at the topic of giving. What are the biblical foundations or what are the biblical principles on giving? That is what we have been looking at. I know there has been a misuse of giving, especially in our days. Everybody lies it and talks about give. You know, the scripture says give, give, give. And we have been looking at what principles guide us on matters giving when it comes to the word of God. And we, I believe that we have had time to look. And one of the key things we have seen, three things, if I would summarize what we have learned, is that we were never created for ourselves. We were created for others. And we saw what the scripture says, that no one lives for himself and no one lives for another. For no, no, no one lives for themselves. Eh? We all, and no one dies for, for himself. But we were born or we were created to live for one another. Uh, principle number two that we saw is that God expects us to be channels of blessing. God did not create us as containers. We are supposed to be disseminators of God's grace. In other words, we have received, so we should be able to give to others. We were created to be channels, not containers. And we saw what God told Abraham. Abraham, I will bless you. And that is not enough. I will make you into a blessing. A blessing is not complete if you don't become a blessing. And we have also seen that the greatest motivation of giving is love. It's love for God. You are not giving God because it is an obligation. Yesterday we saw that it should be love and not obligation. We are giving God primarily because we love him. When we give God because others are doing it, like Ananias and Sapphira did, unfortunately we bring problems on ourselves. When we give just because it's an obligation like Cain did, Unfortunately, again, you bring judgment on yourself. It is very much important for us to make sure that the purposes of our giving are noble. And the motivation behind our giving is love. Today, I want us to talk about tithes and offering. I don't want to add this before I talk about tithes and offering. And I know there are different uh, explanations. There are different opinions when it comes to issues, tithing and offering. I don't want to delve into that. We just want to discuss what are the biblical principles behind tithing and offering. Of course, you know the Old Testament talks a lot, a, a, a lot about tithing. We don't find the concept in the New Testament. Allow me to start by saying that it was only mentioned by the Lord Jesus Christ when he was talking to the Pharisees. And they were he, they are telling them how that they, they, they are very good at tithing. And Jesus told them it's okay. The problem is you are forsaken the, 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 the crucial things. You are forsaken the principles of mercy because God desires mercy and not sacrifice. Then he challenged them and told them, you should have done. Eh? You, should have con you, you, you should have practiced that mercy, uh, compassion, without forsaking whatever you are saying you do. And that is tithing. Why did God institute the principle of tithing? And we, when a closer look at the scripture, would realize the first use of the word tithing is when Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils that he had gotten from war to the king of Salem, who was called Melchizedek. Again, I don't want to go into who was Melchizedek and all that. He gave a tenth. Allow me to say that Abraham was not obeying a command. He gave it volitionally. He gave it out of willingness. Thank you. I just feel led. Let me give you a tithe. 
The next time we come into that concept of tithing is Jacob himself. Jacob, when he is running away from his parents and he is going to, 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 to put an alarm to his uncle Laban. Remember he slept somewhere where he had a vision and he saw a staircase going all the way to heaven. And the guy was afraid. Remember he was going to the unknown. He did not know what he will find where he was going. But he tied himself to God by way of a vow. And he said, God, if you will take care of me, if you will guarantee my provisions and my safety in the journey that I'm taking, and you help me to come back safely, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything I will have. Again, it was volition. It was not a command. He was not following a certain command. We only see institutionalized tithing when we come now to the book of Exodus, when the law is given. That is the time tithing, this, uh, the, 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 the tithing starts being mentioned. Where was tithing mentioned? Allow me first of all to say because of several things. God knew that amongst his people, there are people who were in danger of becoming poor if tithing was not intentionalized. And one of those categories were priests. Let me remind you that when the 12 tribes went into the promised land, each of them was given a territory. They were given an allocation. You're going to have this. If it was Kenya, maybe they would have been told if they were 12. It's okay, Judah, you're going to have Nairobi County. Eh? I'm using that as an example. Ruben, you're going to have Kiabu County. Eh? Uh, the, the other tribe, Ephraim and Manasseh, you're going to have Machakos, you're going to have Kajedo. There was that kind of division, the way they divided the promised land. But there was one tribe that was never given an inheritance. And that tribe was the Levites. The tribe of Levi. If you remember a son called Levi, his children were called Levites. And there was one person in that particular tribe who was called a priest, the high priest, eh? Alone, if you remember very well, and his descendants were given the priesthood. And their brothers were called the Levites to serve him. And so God said, because the priests are not working, I expect them to work in the tabernacle or in the temple that was later institutionalized. You must take care of them. How will you get to take care of them? You must bring them a tithe. They are not working. I don't want to be, them to become poor. I don't want them to see serving God as a burden. So bring them a tithe. That is why tithing came into effect. Again, if you look at the scripture closely, God had what in mind what he called a storehouse. What is a storehouse? Bring your tithes in your midst. At some point, there will be poor people. I don't want them when they, when they are hungry. I don't want them to die of anger. Just in case they come to the temple or to the tabernacle, they come to the priest, he will have something to give them. Again, another use of tithing. There will be strangers in your midst, what the Old Testament called aliens. When they come and they don't have anything to eat, instead of being, being impoverished amongst you, I have instituted tithing. There is something they can do. If you remember David at one point together with his men that were very angry when he was being chased by King Saul. And he knew very well that God had a plan to eradicate poverty. God had a plan to take care of such people. What did he do? He went to the priest. He went to the priest because he knew the priest will not turn him away empty-handed. There was something for him. I know unfortunately today, the concept of tithing is so much towards the men of God, the men of God. And I, and I have no problem with that. But let me tell you that the, the, the mind of God when institutionalized tithing was largely to take care of the Levites so that they don't become poor because they were not working. 
I know you'll ask me what about uh, pastors and other people who are working. I don't want to answer that. I am trying to show you what was the might of God in institutionalizing the issue of tithing. It was so that his people, the people who are in, the, the people who are in danger of becoming poor, would go to the temple and find something for themselves to eat. And you can read all that in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 14. Allow me just to read verse 28 and 29. And in 28, he's talking about the third year. What happens in that year? It's God giving the law. This is what he's telling them. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion of inheritance with you, and the stranger, what we call the aliens, and the fatherless, and the widow who are within your gates may come and eat and be satisfied. And the Lord your God may bless you in the work of your hand which you do. And as much as the New Testament does not talk so much about tithing, my brother and my sister, we still have a duty. Those categories of people, the priests, those are our spiritual leaders, and especially those who are serving us, and we know they don't have any other source of income. We have a responsibility to support them through our tithing and through our offering. The poor in our midst, the fatherless. Let me, let me tell you that it will be the hate of a hypocrisy for somebody you know very well to sleep hungry. And yet you have something that you can give them because you are saying, no, this is meant, this is meant for, 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 for the tithe. This is meant for the church. It is almost like the concept Jesus talks about in the New Testament, what they were calling the Korban. A mother or a, a father would go to their child and say, please help me on this. And in hypocrisy, the son would say, no, I cannot give you this. This is dedicated to the Lord. Jesus called that hypocrisy. My brother, my sister, we have a responsibility of taking the disadvantage in our midst. God's formula of eradicating poverty in the church is that because you are blessed and another one is lacking, you will bring together what you have. And those who are lacking in your midst will be satisfied. God did not intend that one will sleep full and another one will sleep hungry. We have a responsibility of taking care of the disadvantage in our midst through giving. That was the whole mind of God when institutionalized tithing and offering to take care of the disadvantage in our midst. That some of us will not have so much and others have too little. When we come together, we shall eat and we shall be satisfied. Of course, there is a blessing that flows when you do that. Another way puberty will be eradicated is that when you obey, God will ensure that you never lack as we saw yesterday. Give and it shall come back to you. And allow me to say that why you do this is not just to obey the law. It is not just to obey what the scripture says. It is because you love God. The motivation should be your love for God. With that, we come to the end of our topic, giving, that we have been having the whole month of June. It is my prayer that God has spoken to you. If you have any question or something you would wish to say, kindly let me know. You are blessed and thank you so much for joining me for this particular teaching. Let us pray together. Gracious Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful. Thank you for calling us through, even as we discuss the issues of giving and the principles of giving as contained in your word. Help us to know that we have an obligation to the neighbors who are surrounding us, to those, dear loving Father, who are in danger of poverty, who are in danger of sleeping hungry, 
when you have blessed us with it so much. Help us to know that we were never created for ourselves. We were created for one another. Help us to know that we were never created to be containers, but rather channels of your blessing. And as long as we stretch our hands to give and to bless the work, to, to bless your work, to bless our neighbors who are in need, we thank you because the, your word will come true in our lives. Give and it shall come back to you. And we know that the measure we used to give is the measure that shall be used in our receiving. Thank you for speaking to us. Be with us and watch over us the whole of this weekend and satisfy our desire with the good. This is our prayer through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you joined me for this particular inspiration. Samian Logai and Kadekate Blessed. I am grateful for, for your messages and more so for sharing this message. May God bless you. May God keep you. And may God satisfy your desire with that which is good. Remember, we can never give God. He is the greatest giver. God bless you and have a blessed day. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.